and welcome to Comedy Time. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And tonight we're joined by two of our favorite guests, our podcast friends, the podcast daddies. Are they our... There are fathers. <laughs> I don't think you right out of the You don't know what that means. Right. Oh, I, thought, I thought they like oh. they they did something and then we were born. No? <laughs> our two dads? I see your correlation. Yeah. I, I, see, I see the, yeah. the logic there. That would be like the mother podcast though. There'd be our moms. Yeah, daddy it means something totally different. Keenan. Our two moms. Now, now that Timmy Tim. has his beard, he's a daddy. Oh, you look like you're a bear man. I like a bear man. <laughs> Timmy, your your face now matches your voice. It's good. Yeah. The wife also digs it. Yeah, that's good. Most yeah, don't ever shave thing. that. Don't ever shave that. <laughs> yep. Thrilled to have you guys on for our 151st episode. I realized we recorded hey. the other day, and we, we didn't even really talk about the fact it was our 150th yeah. episode. Mm-mm. We should have had a hashtag for that. Ken, are you wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt? No, 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 God, no, no. Fourth of July weekend, so I am wearing a Captain America shirt. Okay, you really got yeah. Captain America. That makes more sense. I yeah. should have taken the trash Jesus can lid Christ. and turned it into a shield. <laughs> oh, that would have that would have been very patriotic. And uh, I have one right over here. Yeah. Yay! Yes. I saw your what is the the Walker called from Star Wars? Adat. The Adat no, Walker. Atat. 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 Uh, that was we we just went to Disney and I was just having a little bit of a moment looking at that yeah, remembering love it. the ride and Galaxy's Edge it was great yeah oh, great you know great. so amazing if you haven't been able to watch on Facebook this is one that you probably should tune in to watch on Facebook because we have like a split screen of a, a real adult and an adolescent right next to each other Tim's beautifully um, taken care of. Um, room and then Keenan's oh. room is filled with more more toys than my no. that's, child. That's unfair. You also have toys, first of all, that's, in that's your what room. I feel comfortable saying. And and let's be serious. Keenan has a carefully curated room that is right. clearly dedicated to all of the things he loves. You have a guest room that you have yes. filled with your toys. <laughs> yes. and and they, with your shame. And we all know they <laughs> also have to get purpose, put away as soon as we finish the, recording. Solely for the purpose of this show. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's, Hi, it's really just all that Keenan lets, gets to let all of his loves uh, stay out 24-7. <laughs> Brian's shame gets swept under the under guest the bed. bedroom. Yes. <laughs> it's actually kind of like uh, the old Batman 60s show. The star just hit a button and it all that would like, be amazing. behind a wall. That would be amazing. I want that that so would badly. be pretty exciting. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to be looking at what happens when one man refuses to stop chasing his dream in the Sundance award-winning documentary, American Movie. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What does everybody have in store for us in the drink department? <laughs> I just have bourbon tonight. Hmm. Elijah Craig, bar barrel proof. It's uh, special. You should have some. I put so much effort into the beverage for In the Heights that uh, I had nothing left in the tank. So we have some unnamed Pinot Grigio. It's not one hope. I have no idea what it is. Um, but it is in a house cup wine glass. <laughs> it's not unnamed. You just oh, didn't I mean, pay attention to the no bottle. Idea. I don't know. It's not like it wasn't somebody, like a brand Somebody made bottle. it. Yeah, you just did not read. It. I don't know. It wasn't long ago we recorded our in the in the heights episode. Yeah. I was wondering if you had like uh, leftover. I have a ton of coquito that. left in the fridge. 
I did not sleep well that night, and so I've been nervous to tap back into the coquito. I did not feel good after that evening. It's a lot of sugar and a lot, a lot of alcohol. It's a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. Yeah. Keenan, what do break. you got? So I am drinking the Reckoner. Reckoner. It's an Imperial Hazy IPA mm. from Rusty Rail, a uh, Mifflinburg brewery, which I love very much. So I need I need yeah. a close-up on the, on the man on the can. Is he... Oh... oh. He's horned. He's got oh, yeah. his staff. He's yeah, got a hop staff. Oh, he's, yeah, a hop oh. staff, I was going to say. That's and is that supposed to be like incense? Yeah. Like the, it looks the like thing? a lantern. Oh, a lantern. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Very nice. That's a very well cool done. can, Keenan. Yep. Mm -hmm. I like it. Tim, what uh, seltzer do you have for us this evening? <laughs> the yes. Bon Vive I like, Mango. Yeah. I like those. <laughs> That's a good one. Very good. Timmy, have and you I, tried the two robbers yet? I... No. Oh, Two Robbers is our is our local seltzer. They are from North Philly, um, and they make some very delicious blends of flavors. I highly recommend. Out here in Westchester, local brewery Levante, they started making oh. seltzers, but everyone kind of thinks they suck. Oh, I was wondering. They actually have them at <laughs> our giant. I saw them the other day after I bought my Two Robbers, and I thought, ooh, I'm going to try those next, but... If they suck, I'm not going to try them. So yeah. I really badly wanted to drink a Pabst Blue Red Ribbon from my freezer, yeah. but uh, I didn't have any. So every time I've tried to put beer in the freezer, it you has gotta exploded. Drink them quick. You got to drink quick. Yeah, I never remember <laughs> that. There. I always yeah, end up cleaning a frosty beer. Yeah. He drinks them fast. I yeah, drink some fast. <laughs> cracking that bad boy open in this movie right. and throwing that thing right. Let's back. let's get oh, through the oh grades. Yeah, but no, Brian oh, still hasn't told us. Blue Point. Uh, toasted lager. Delicious. Very nice. Uh, we, all right, let's get to the rundown. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Bryce, say that again. We're, we, Your audio is cutting out on us. We lost you there I, for a second. I said, let's go to the rundown, and then we'll do our grades. Awesome. Perfect. Mark wants to make a feature film, earn fame and money, and live his American dream. The obstacles in his way are... Lack of money, lack of time, and a lack of resources. Before he can fulfill his dream, he has to finish his 35-minute black-and-white horror film, Coven, to sell enough copies to finance his feature film. Oh, I'm so sorry. Co Coven. 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 Not right. Yes. With the help of Uncle Bill's money, his mother's steady hand, his friends Mike and Ken Keen, and his new girlfriend Joan, he just might get it done. <laughs> pretty good pretty good rundown i mean it wasn't solid. wasn't special but it did the job yeah well you know they can't all be all right jets. let's get through the grades because this is probably the least important thing when we're talking about this movie yeah <laughs> b wants, plus for me b plus b plus yeah, yeah. Right. i enjoyed it yeah i i feel like there's more um like i i feel like maybe one of the reasons that Brian loves this so much is because he's seen it so much. Like, mm. I feel like this movie needs unpacking. Mm -hmm. A lot is thrown at you just constantly. So it, it, I, I think it might be better on multiple views, but for this, I was like, I enjoyed it. It was decent. B plus. Mm. Yeah. Timmy. I was severely <laughs> underwhelmed. Um, I I'm going C minus. I'm sorry. C plus. Cause like, it's still a well-made documentary. I think it was really interesting how like the, the guy who's filming everyone around them, they're all like, you know, 
so animated and they're all about being in front of the screen that I think it was probably an easy job for him to put this together. Yeah. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that I think it was really well done. I just don't like the story being told. I thought I thought this guy is just a white trash cocaine. Yeah, just just <laughs> degenerate trying to make it big and like cool, you're chasing your dream, but you're not even close to doing it right. So like, I don't know. I I just, I, I came away from this just depressed. I was like, that's just sad. That's Mm -hmm. like, I think I was, I found the same way that both Jim and um, Katie, that you reacted to lady bird from like the parent perspective where I sympathize with lady bird because I don't have kids. And I feel like I was supposed to react to this documentary a certain way, like maybe more in a comedic fashion, and I didn't get that at all. I got just depressed and sad for these people. Yeah. Me or you, Katie? You go. You go. Uh, I'm going to go with a little closer to Timmy. I think I'm a B minus on this. And, and for similar reasons is that like, I, as far as documentaries go, like following people around with the camera is fine. And there's some, there's some, extraneous shots here and there that are clearly staged i i i don't know what the overall theme of this movie is as far as a documentary like other than ridicule which doesn't feel great to tim's point like Mm. there are some really funny parts of this but it's also like you yeah, the moment you step away from laughing about it and think about what you're laughing at, you it you kind of would start to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. And so at the end of the day, there's no there's no big message to be gained from this film. I, well, there there might be some, and we can unpack a little bit of that. But I'm going B minus. Yeah, so I'm I'm a B, and I don't know if I can add anything new besides what's already been said. Um, I I agree that I think you laugh a lot at certain scenes in this film um, and then immediately kind of feel bad for laughing because it just feels like you're laughing at somebody else's misfortune or like misguided notions of like how to create success or I don't know. Um, I'm torn in the, in those reactions of like, um, I keep getting stuck on like, these are real, these are real people, right? Like mm-hmm. this isn't a mockumentary. So I, I can't have no, the same yes. reaction that I have to, you know, to uh, Christopher yes. Guest creation right. because these are real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm only a B on this. This I don't I don't. This is not a can you say I don't necessarily love it. I, I, I'm fascinated in some respects by this. And I think because I'm always fascinated by like. Things about making films or like people write like like the process that goes into that but i don't i think probably when we first watched this is a film we watched years ago like we would watch it i think i we probably watched it because it was so obscure and we probably did find humor in it i've seen it twice in the last year and i don't really take the humor out of it yeah i'm just kind of intrigued at like the personal dynamics in some of this and trying to figure out kind of what Jim's overall question was, was, which was like, what enticed them to make this documentary on this guy? And like, when I start to think about that and some of those relationships, and also I think 
part of the country that it's done on and stuff. I think now we've started to get a lot better coverage of like movies and films on like middle America and people like this. But when this was made back in the late nineties, it was a dumpster fire of Hollywood. And, and like on pop adult, you guys have kind of talked about that this time period too, like this late nineties where it was the rise of CGI and everything was so like over the top and ridiculous and stuff like this. So I, oh, but, I think but, I'm drawn to it just because I, I do think it was real. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. So I'm intrigued by it, but I don't think it's, it's certainly by no stretch the greatest documentary I've ever seen or anything. The, so the only thing I'll say to the real conversation is that, and I would be interested in what you guys think is that no getting to know this guy throughout this movie. There are moments where I think his like real character shines through whether in, in the bad ways. Um, and so like, I approached this this time watching it knowing that like he's aware of the opportunity to have this documentary made about him. And so like there are clearly to me there are clearly moments and encounters that he scripted for the documentarians to see and and experience. Kids, at, at least that's what I thought out. The, yeah, every single time the, the kids talk, it's so obvious that they're they're reading from a script. Kind but of, but that's like, to like me is fascinating. Them. Yeah, it's part you of you it. You find You're that right. fascinating, like like that element of like trying to figure out who is this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like my question is: Is this guy like? Is he just this kind of? hapless dreamer you know kind of like who wants to write this narrative like if you've seen the documentary on De Palma or Spielberg or stuff like that right about how when they were kids they were making stuff or is this guy a con artist you know and I, mm. I like the balancing act of how the filmmakers show that and I, and I do think Keenan's probably right like I feel I've seen it enough times that I start to pick up on this the opening of showing him opening all these credit card bills and default here and I'm debt here and I'm in this. And then he's hitting up the uncle for money and stuff like that. Uncle, are, are they really sad? like, I think this is his ticket to the big time and that it's going to show him in a certain type of light. My question is what type of love being shown in? Um, and again, I think when I was younger, watched it the first time I was just like laughing at the ridiculousness of it. But now watching it, I like think more about like, okay, well, what were the documentarians really trying to tell us about this guy? Is it just him trying to make this movie or uh, Jim, I think you're right. Like, who is this guy trying to peel back and say like, yeah. you know, there's moments I feel like we really see who he is. And then there's him trying to be, you know, a director, what he has envisions a Hollywood director being. And that's the part I think that makes this something that you can watch more than one time. So something I found interesting while watching this is it really reminded me of a documentary I, I thoroughly enjoy, uh, Overnight, which is about Troy Duffy, the director of Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, yeah. And it, it's it's very fascinating because it, it's it's very similar to the to that documentary. And that documentary came out only like four years later. That the Overnight came out two thousand three. Yeah, but at least Duffy actually made a fucking Hollywood Duffy, blockbuster. Duffy made it. But here's the interesting thing with this one, I find uh, Mark more sympathetic because Duffy's just a piece of shit. Well, that like, th that yeah. But to your point, to Brian's question about a con artist or a dreamer, the only difference there is if you're successful or not. 
Right. Well, I don't think that's the difference in con artist versus dreamer, but, but it certainly what, what changes. What Brian was trying to get across. I yes, think. because yeah. for me, the the piece that I kept getting stuck on was his relationship with his children. That it seemed like and his uncle. Well, his yes, but but I'll I will argue that you see him more in oh, a caretaker true. role that's with the true. uncle. Now he has profit to gain from that. Yes. Versus, we know he owes on his child support. He has two jobs that he is making money from. He's living in his mother's house, so the money should be going to the kids. But instead, his movie making has been prioritized to mm. the top thing. Now, if at the end of that, he ends up making a successful film and gains all of this fame and money, then people would look back on this and be like, well, those were necessary sacrifices in order to like make yeah, the thing. Yeah. But if the story now is still that... like. He is still working yeah. in a cemetery and delivering papers and still owes $50,000 in child support. Then he's just a fucking selfish deadbeat dad. Yeah. Like, that, that was the part of his personality that I, I didn't do much critical thinking on. I think just everything that was shown on screen, I did not like. Like, I would never hang out with this guy. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You know, uh, answer to one of the five questions coming up. But like I, everything about him is just despicable. Like, I mean, Keenan's the closest thing we have to this guy. Exactly. <laughs> Only I'm I'd obviously need one not of them in my addicted life. to amphetamines. This guy is addicted to amphetamines. How do you know that? Just the way he acts. No, like, no, no. But that's no. interesting Allegedly. that we never see that. Allegedly. We, we hear we about see... Mike's drug use. Oh, my God. And him trying to get Mike Look. to spend money on, the, to go to the bar and spend money on pictures of the, yes. like, oh, that to me, that was yeah, the worst. I've just known enough cokeheads to recognize one when I see one. He, was he ever at the Columbus Club for That's a, what I'm saying. Event, that like is all I was just listening to you guys talk about this exact thing on your podcast. Keenan accusing someone coming up to him in, in a in a capacity to be on cocaine. Yeah. One of his favorite topics yeah. to discuss. Keenan loves um, people on cocaine. All right. <laughs> Can we talk about some of the stuff that I found like I think I find genuinely funny that I don't think is exploitative? Because I think there there are a few things in this movie that are just hysterical. <laughs> yes. And and probably my favorite all-time thing is one mr robert richard george yes who is a national treasure yes he and is. really really should have gotten a lot of work off of this i could see i it knew somebody very much long. like that my my parents friend herb um who lived in new york city <laughs> and i was having a moment of thinking like time period wise it could be the same guy i think it might be but it's that guy living in wisconsin yes he, I hope he made it. Doing the voices. So he is the guy that does the... So in the movie, for those that aren't familiar with it, the, the he's making a movie called Northwestern. He decides... Well, he, won, no, he, he wants, wants yes, to. He, he wants but to make it. He, he hasn't prepared enough. He hasn't done made enough money to make it. So he decides he needs to finally finish his other movie, Coven. Coven. <laughs> Not Coven. Well, well, Coven. Actually, hold on. Wait, this, this, it is Coven, but right, just right. for free... And he's in pre-production of Northwestern at the beginning of this documentary. Yes. In pre-production. He is three days away from shooting. Oh, he's got yeah. like meetings and yeah. people there. Like, Well, that's the other thing. So like, hold on, because I want to get back to Robert. What's his name? Richard George. <laughs> so he Richard is George. the one that says, so he goes, how else? How, how else Mark says, how else would you pronounce it? And he says, <laughs> he says, 
coven because that's the correct pronunciation. And then Mark says, no, 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 that sounds too much like oven and that can't work. It's like he and, and I think that's the whole point of this thing in the end is that, you know, and I think you get this with a lot of documentaries. And I think we saw this sort of with um, Nomadland where it's like that was uh, well, that's a scripted story. It was done in a documentary style, almost of like just kind of observing. And there's the main theme of this this documentary to me when I have to unpack it is just like how relentless this guy is. And that is a special quality that you do not see in a lot of people. And part of it is admirable and part of it's awful and part of it causes problems and part of it solves problems and it and there are these other little ancillary things like how he treats people, but like the, the idea that he thinks he can just change the pronunciation of a word just because he thinks it's cooler to say it a certain way without even batting an eye. It was like, it was just like, no, that's not what it is. It is this. I, it is well, incredible. And, and I think that when, that quality when he says umlaut. No, like, the guy no, says you maybe if you put an umlaut over umlaut. it or something. <laughs> How, what is that guy doing there? That's what I want. That's what I wanted the document to be. Just give me that guy for 90 minutes. And that's probably oh, or my, or I want Mike to tell Mike is like a genuinely nice guy who has clearly gone through a He's a lot of he's, stuff. He's he's mentally he's, handicapped. Yes. Oh, yes. He he he's totally because of his years of yeah. drug use. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I I would love to know more of Mike's story. We never find out why Ken Keen had the police officers show totally up in his house to arrest. I, I want to know. We'd get down to it. I I was hoping somebody here. Had I want to know. Story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just kind of they're just like, yep, the boys were the boys were downstairs. <laughs> the boys, the they boys turn, in blue. Now, I'm sorry, but if what? the police officers Ken enter King, into your mom. house and turn off your electricity in order to catch you <laughs> and your mom and your mom. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, he's are you something. making meth? I don't like oh, what is the probably that was kind of the was that pre meth being huge? Though? I don't know. It, been... it was certainly during the time of acid. That's yeah. that's Mike's story. So anyway, oh um, so Jim, you were and saying they, about his relentlessness. The yeah, yeah, they were. They were doing that. Um, yeah. His relentlessness. I think they did. And I think there was a, a spotlight drawn to that because we hear several of the interviews. His brothers. That, and, that that's what the people speak to. Right. Of yeah. like he has been working on this for three years. We get that from Ripper, Roger, Richard, Robert, George. George Rud yeah. Yes. Rudner. Um, we hear it from his uh, the guy who's supposed to be running pro production props yeah, yeah. for the the feature film but he's like i guess now he's finishing this other movie but yeah. but but he says like i i'm drawn to him because clearly he's magnetic in that regard yeah like he is all in yeah on he's his sweats. movie making yeah but so can i can i just say this and then i want tim to because i think i want to hear tim answer this question because uh -oh. I, I keenan has to be eliminated from this because he'll go on some kind of long rant <laughs> oh, who, about it yeah unlike who, anybody who else talking? on this show no 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 but i think that but no no but i think this is a thing I think Katie brought up the point too. He's he's not talented, but if he was and he became famous, all of this becomes part of his legend. Like, yeah, right. And mm -hmm. we know certain modern directors who don't treat people well or think they're amazing and stuff like that. Is is that 
the only difference. If you can get yourself attached to a franchise, money, that's it. So, so, I mean, mean, or talent, because I wouldn't compare Zack Snyder to this guy directly in terms of the talent. I actually, um, as you're you're saying things, I'm thinking more Michael Bay. Michael Bay. um, You're you're supposed to be quiet right now, Keenan. Brian (laughs) Brian doesn't want to hear your voice, Keenan. Brian wants to hear his own voice. Yeah, Brian. And then a little bit of Tim. And then some Timmy. I'm thinking of all the people that will trigger Keenan, and I don't want to get No long, no long lectures. I'm not going to. Tim, what is your thought on that? Is that the only difference here? Is that if you make money that he's fine? I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's part of it, but I, I was thinking more like there's a difference between treating people like shit along the way and exploiting your pretty much Alzheimer uncle and exploiting your friendship to a brain dead dude named Mike. Like you're exploiting people like, and, and this is the part that I wrestled with watching this documentary is like, yeah, m- maybe like Katie's saying in the end, if, his movie, uh, what is it, Northwestern gets made and it's a success, then these were the little sacrifices along the way. But I don't know. I think this just feels different than what other directors, when they were unknown, mm-hmm. had to go through and maybe had to put other people through to become a success. Like, this is just different. And I, I don't know how to like put my finger on it. I didn't do much critical thinking, but I just knew that walking away from this, that this was wrong. <laughs> but we probably don't have footage like well, this of other directors before sure. they but were I, successful. But I also want to say that like when we say that if he was successful and made money, that all would be forgiven that that's more of that's like a, a, no. a cultural thing that's not right. like us individually and those yes, people correct. probably don't feel that way and no, so no, no, i'm sure I, there are a whole swath of people in in a lot of famous directors past that are like i will never work with that person again no mm. but i think in this David case it would be that those interviews well, would shift, one, right we're like if he if he succeeded yeah well and and people actually besides his brothers people speak pretty kindly of him i i, uh, I would say that the, 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 the people that seem you. educated did not <laughs> well here's the question no hold on i i no, just want to say katie just hit the hit the nail on the head like everyone else is speaking highly except for his brothers the people who lived with him who know him better his brothers and his father the mm-hmm. only person in his family who has known him as long who isn't as who isn't brain dead or a criminal is his mother who's just very forgiving of everybody but, the, but i'm sorry the relationship with dad is fascinating because mm-hmm. dad helps to convince the uncle to give him more money yeah so, yeah. so true so that's his brother go ahead yeah tim what this was like going to be my next point before brian told keenan to shut up <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Keenan almost spit out his I beer. I listened so well. <laughs> Keenan, I was. Don't I, listen to Brian. Too serious. I didn't want to trigger you. <laughs> but it, like, I know how angry you get. It, I I understand that the director is the essentially the main character, and he has this like bigger than life personality. So that's like why I think this documentary is surrounded around him. But yes, I was actually more fascinated in the people that clearly don't like him and don't think he's suited for this being his brothers and his father. And I'm also super interested in all the people that keep making these basically backyard movies with him. Like the yeah, actors for years, the other, the other side of that is that it doesn't, he never closes the book. Like Coven is the only one he finishes. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's mm-hmm. been working for 10 years and has never 
finished a project. No, well, that's not true. Really has, no, 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 they're showing clips of his finished films all well, through no, the documentary. Much, actually, actually n- no, no, nothing finished. He he had some. He did it's one other short film. He's yeah, oh. he's been in some stuff. He's actually trying to still get Northwestern and Coven two made. <laughs> So like well, the, the he's, people the people that he's made some of these just shorts with they keep coming back yeah. to him. Why? <laughs> yeah, what draws people to that? I like, and that's, that's they're not getting paid, obviously. No, that's, they're going to be a part so of true. something. Yeah, and they're having fun. But that's, and that well, and that's it. Sorry. So they're no. I, I think it's a great question, Tim. I'm sorry. Carry on, Timmy. Yeah, so I, I just wanted the last point I was going to make is like that's what makes me think this guy is just exploiting these people oh. because they're dumb enough to keep coming back to him and probably not getting paid. And so oh, of them, see, I, think I go the other way. Actors. I go the other way on that. Okay. Do you? Yeah. So. I hear what you're saying that there are moments where he seems ex- exploitative. Um, mm-hmm. I get the impression that Mike doesn't really have anybody else. That sure. Mike lives with his mom. It, and so like this time that he spends with Mark is like, that's, that is his friendship. Right. I mean, and uncle Robert, what's his name? Uncle, uncle Bill, uncle, uncle Bill, Bill. Bill. who Bill. else is Williams. checking on uncle Bill? <laughs> I mean, so you, you again, you're only getting whatever what? story the documentarians yeah. want to tell. Well, I but I don't get the impression that anybody else is checking on Bill. Well, no, I don't think so. And I think it's interesting I mean, to me. It, it, there's a cult of personality almost with this guy. Like there's something about him yeah. that draws these people. And Katie, I think you're absolutely right. Like, look at the people who are drawn to him. Right. Are people who like. What's that older woman that's with him? Like, what's the attraction or draw there? All these people. He, he's he clearly kids. yeah. There's clearly with the same woman about yeah. There's Who wants really to still be with him about this guy? And I mean, draws people in. And some of those the actors they clearly have other jobs, right? Like they, yes. I, I think they the, seem very pulled together, and they keep showing up for him on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think the one brother kind of says it, like he. He thinks his brother's a border borderline like sociopath. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so no, like I don't trust that brother either. No, no, he looked but even something way off there too. But it, it's very it's very apparent by from what they talk about that Mark is super intelligent, mm-hmm. but emotionally is a wreck, right? Like so he he drops out of high school because he thinks he's too smart for it. Right. And so like goes he's into the military. Goes into the military. He's like the perfect storm of like someone that is going to have problems because they oh, yeah. they can't deal with being sp- Well, so maybe the best case scenario is for this guy to just try to make movies for the rest of his life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean like if, rather than killing people, yes. That's exactly right, right? Yeah. Like what's the other path, right? So at least he like his needs are being fulfilled. Yeah. In a in a semi-healthy way with maybe some cocaine. Also, <laughs> Can we? I feel like I feel like we keep cutting you off. Or some kind of speed. Oh, I was just gonna bring up back going back to Coven. Uh, And if you (laughs) notice, one of the times that he's being interviewed and he has like basically like a wall, kind of like I do, but instead of comic books, it's just VH VHS tapes of his own movies. There is one that says Coven too. So I'm kind of confused that he's doing this movie that he's been working on for three years, yet he already filmed a sequel. I feel like I think that's a great point, Keenan. I feel like this is one of those guys who's probably and you see it at the very end of the film, right? Like he has all of this like footage of him and his friend. Yeah, he's just this guy who was probably 
has a thousand ideas, right? And he's just shooting everything and people are well are willing to like humor him or you know, be in it or you can shoot me and yeah. that that intrigue that like that like I guess this movie intrigues what's that line that you go to? Like yeah. what's that line where you're willing to support your friend or help him and say, you know what, dude, you want to make this movie. I, you know, I want to be a part of it. I want the to help moment- you. I want to do it. And what's the part that where it's like, you need to sit down with somebody and say like this, you're, you're I can answer this. Kids and I can answer like this that. question. That's- the moment Brian or Keenan, you decide to make a movie and you ask me to put my head through a cabinet six times. <laughs> That's the moment. That's the line. That's the line. That's my God. <laughs> I yeah. there are see and that's a completely like I don't care how bad you are exploiting someone that is not an exploitative comedy piece in this movie like it's I really messed up they're like oh look it they're laughing oh, he's like, I'm sorry it's I'm sorry scoring, man his his hand is all bloody he punches before he even successfully gets door. through that he punches the door and he goes oh man I'm sorry, I'm sorry I tried to put your head through that <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and, oh, and then they they just say, "Should we get him? A, should we get him an ice pack?" I believe. Yeah, probably, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Someone get him a. No well, one's like call an ambulance. Get somebody, him an ice pack. Like, somebody to pull the Lablatz blue uh, out of the freezer and put it in the poor dude's head. I mean, no, but like, I also love that that actor just said we filmed this six months ago, and I was hoping. really hopeful that it, that that one took. That that, yeah. that that one was okay. Man, I, I don't know much about like audio recording or ADR work, but I know I'd have to be better than him. I mean, how many takes does he do? The, how many times does he read Editing it things? at the breakfast well, table. I do think, okay, the, hold on. The point of ADR is to get the effect of what you're doing. You don't have to redo the whole thing. They are dragging someone through mud. He's like, drag him through mud again. I didn't get it. You're not kicking enough. Dude, just put your hands in water and record that. <laughs> That's not That's authentic enough, Keenan. I do want to say. We only have one windshield left. You it, better get this windshield right. It does bring up an interesting point is that the, this is like a snapshot in time, like right before making movies became a million times easier, yeah. too. Oh, my God. Sure, and so, like, yeah. I do appreciate that that this will live on as, like, you know, a snapshot of, like, holy shit, like, even in 1995, 96... 97 like you you had film like that's crazy and like you you would have had to do adr and you would have had to you know do fully sound stuff and um that's it's crazy okay yeah so before one of you answers this because i'm assuming somebody looked it up i want to hypothesize the origin story of this documentary and so we see him in the labs at university of wisconsin is that right He's yeah, like the film, the yeah. studio, right? He's so, in, yeah. editing, okay. editing in an studio. editing studio. Um, and so here's my hypothesis. Hang out with his kids, right? So <laughs> there like are other film <laughs> students who I'm assuming are there also doing work. Um, I am imagining somebody coming into the scenario where he has three children <laughs> in makeshift sleeping bags sleeping on the floor around him while he's on a 24 hour. You know that he's rented this space an for editing 24 bender. hours, and he's on an editing bender, which I'm, yeah. which I'm sure is fueled by some substances. Um, this is how I imagine this story begins: is that somebody else who likes making movies f- 
finds the wild scenario in which this man is making movies and says, "This I need to tell this story. I need to follow this guy around yeah. with a camera." So I do we know? No, I. You know what? It's. I'm sorry to admit that I did not look it up. I am shocked, shocked and awed. I. I think that sounds so. I mean, that's that's literally how Tiger King got made too. Right. Like it's. It's yeah. like that. Well, that they had all that footage, on. right, Keenan? Isn't that partly how Tiger King got made? Like that guy who's the producer who's like chain smoking all the time. He like had all that footage, and then it went yeah, really but bad. It was, and he it was, was like, also, "Okay, we can do this now." It was supposed to be a documentary on the like people bringing in snakes into Florida, and they were they were at like some place that was like selling venomous snakes, like exotic snakes to people, and like they randomly saw some guy who's like, "Yeah, I got a tiger in my car," and they're like, "How the hell do you have a tiger in your car?" And that literally is started the whole Tiger King thing. They just followed this guy, then they hooked up with the guy who smokes, and he had all the documentary footage. footage. So they they just met with him and they just worked together but it was literally just like walking along and then was like wait you have a tiger in your car how and that that's probably how it happened too like someone was walking by the editing studio and was like you have kids in here wait a second yeah <laughs> like, jim tell the people well, katie was 100 right uh chris smith the filmmaker mm. uh attended uh university of wisconsin milwaukee's graduate film program um and he met Mark while editing a, a movie and decided to follow him around. So he, Sony bought American movie for $1 million and Smith went on. It, it's just the only other thing that they're really mentioning here, but there's a few others listed. Um, he went on to do fire, the greatest party that never happened in 2019. Oh. About no. the fire festival, yeah. which I love, which is I, on that, Netflix. I mean, that's legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Netflix one. Amazing. Yeah. Now, how Barry. about Mark? I thought the Netflix one was even. What's Mark up to now? Give us he's, that. He's Nothing. actually in. Yeah, no, he's trying to still get stuff made. Apparently. Yeah, he's still making films. Yeah, he's trying. He did. A, he did a document. I did look him up on IMDb. He did a documentary that went to a festival at least. Yeah. And I think he is trying to raise funds um, to keep going. I will say this. That's interesting. Like there's what I like about how they edited this. There's just enough like at points that you can see that there, this is not just like a dumb guy. Like when he starts talking about film stuff, there's like little things he starts talking about. And he's like, oh, you got to do this and this and this. And then he's like shooting a sequence and he's measuring out the angle. I'm like, that's the part that intrigues me because there, there's something in there. This is clearly an intelligent guy. And that's like those little moments when I see that, I'm like, maybe that's what hooks these people in. And, and, yeah. and, and along with the, like the community they're living in, I, uh, mayor of Easttown now. And I, it has like a vibe of like everybody in this community mm -hmm. knows one another. Sure. It's an intertangled and they're willing to do things that probably a lot of us would look at and be like, I mean, he has, like, what is this? he has literally been making movies since he was a teenager. Like it, it is, it is what he does. And I was struck by the one shot that, you know, Keenan was talking about that the bookcase was filled with his VHSs. What I noticed was the number of books he had on the making of movies, you mm -hmm. know, um, as particularly like he had, he had Spike Lee's movie uh, book on, on movie making. Um, but there was like, 25 of them. And I was like, yeah, he's self-educated. He did not go to film school, right? We're assuming like he has taught himself everything that he knows. And that's maybe where he's not a con artist because I do think he's clearly passionate about yeah. film. 
I don't think this like a money scheme for me. I, I do think he loves this idea of wanting to be this director. Like, so I don't think that's a joke. The, the shots we get of Coven, or I'm sorry, COVID, COVID. <laughs> which the first time he said it, I swear he said COVID. And I was like, what the f- what? <laughs> I'm like, is this why we're watching? I'm like, is this why we're watching it? Because this is one of those predict the future. Is this like the Simpsons? Um, no, but <laughs> like one of the things though, like as you're looking at the different shots he has, I was like, I, the things that we get to see of his filmmaking, I feel like he is not a good writer. He he's really not. He's terrible dialogue. I think that he should be a DP. Oh well, he you haven't. You clearly didn't see the film, did you, Keenan? I didn't see the, the film. Extra, I only saw the one clips of the, that they. Uh, put let me into tell you it. something. One of the extra features, if you get a chance to get the DVD, is the thirty-five minute film that I have now watched twice. Um, and he's not, he's not good. It is about the worst lighting I've seen. Oh, really? Maybe of all time. It is. It is. But it is. I will say this. It is intriguing to watch. I, I, I want to talk about, before we get too long into this, that I honestly think we could, each of us, five of us, do a top 10 show specifically on the top 10 quotes from oh this God. movie. There's so many. And I want to, no, the, the one that <laughs> I love so much, and I don't know, it just strikes my sense of humor so funny. And, and he doesn't think it's funny. And I think that's partly why I love it is when, the Chris Smith, the, the documentarian asks him like, what is Coven? And he's like, Oh, it's a, it's a Coven. It's a, you know, he rattles off his elevator pitch, like nothing. Yeah. Like, like, 35 minutes, 35 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, black and white. Yeah. And he goes, uh, uh, yeah. He goes, it's uh alcoholic man. He can't, uh, he can't deal with anything. He's, he, he, you know, his, uh, his last friend tells him to go to this meeting, this group meeting thing. And, uh, they're not that helpful. The group, you know, I don't know why the way he says they're not that helpful. The group clearly talking about the group of killers that is the COVID yes, makes oh me laugh God. so hard. I rewound it and watched it again. It is my favorite line in this movie. My, and, mine is uh, <clears throat> uh, Mark is talking to Uncle Bill and I forget exactly what he's saying, <laughs> but he says something. This is going to be this, that or the other cinema. And Bill goes cinnamon. <laughs> when he is i for the life of me no matter how many times i see that i lose it he's trying to explain what he needs to financially make off of the (laughs) film and he has the white courtney white he's like oh i didn't didn't mean to do that that. (laughs) shouldn't have done that this is another one uh seriously last night man i was so drunk i was calling morocco man calling trying to get to the hotel hitting at tangiers in casablanca man i mean that's that's stops that's pathetic <laughs> suck down peppermint shops and try to call morocco at two in the morning that's senseless <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened man <laughs> But like it, that, even that I line, like it's funny until he says that he's sucking down peppermint schnapps. Oh, like, how sad is that? Like it's yeah, peppermint schnapps. Like, like it's a sad part of the country if peppermint schnapps is like your go-to a, drink, that's man. A fun, no, that's not go-to. That's like their no, fun I drink. Think that's just what. Drink. I don't. That's I what Uncle Bill likes. What he has. Nah. Like, I love. I love the conversation with his daughter where he's like, "Just 
Did you just curse, man? <laughs> Did you say shit? Did you just say? I mean, like, I don't care. It's cool. I just want to make sure that my ears are working. Like, did you say? Did you say shit? And her reaction is great. She's like. No, I didn't. <laughs> she, Which sure she did. totally did. She, sure she did. totally did. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine him being dad? Man, so many good parts. I mean, is he? Those I mean, he—that's he, the thing. He's not a dad. Well, he certainly has partial custody of them. I, know, I mean, they're. I mean, he's certainly not a dad, and I feel like the kids. There's like a telling moment when they're like, Craig Smith to him is basically like, hey, are you guys got to make movies? And they're, and they're like, no. wiser than him. They're like, no, that costs money. Like, <laughs> you work it. all the time. Yeah. You're like, and yeah, what is sad. he? Let's talk about Mark working because there was um, perhaps one of my favorite <laughs> pop adult stories of all time uh, that Tim has shared with uh -oh. us is Tim having a, a similar experience to one Mr. Mark in terms of walking into a, a bathroom in his former place similar? of employment. <laughs> I just oh. remember the last time he told us about it. They shit on the floor, um, oh, shit yeah, on the wall, shit everywhere. I shit yeah. on the. I had 15 is, seconds where I was just looking at somebody else's shit. But I pretty profound, that actually. I used to think that that was like, aha, like funny. They stuck that in there, and then Tim would tell the stories. I'm like, people actually, do oh yeah, that shit, mm -hmm. literally. No, no, no. I thought I thought that that was important. There. Like, I mean, so again, there is much worthy criticism of this man. But there is something to be said for the fact that, like, he is seeing a community of people around him that is clear, clearly economically depressed mm -hmm. and folks that can't make ends meet, folks that are working their tails off and never, never have enough to retire. On the other end, he's got freaking Uncle Bill, who, who knows what he did, but the man has a ton of money in the bank. And as funny as the conversations may seem, you know, Mark is really asking him, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what, like, what, like, like, do something. You're just sitting in a trailer all day. And maybe, you know, that ship has sailed for Uncle Bill. But, but there is a story to be told there of like, he knows what he wants to do. And he is using every available resource to do it. And yeah, we can absolutely criticize, like, where is that line of like, to what extent do you pursue your dream? But I think we can also criticize the folks that totally put their dreams into the closet and, you know, well, and I think ignore that's them. A, I think that's a great counterbalance. I think is this film also is interesting in the sense that there's a real question. Is Mark really the most interesting person in it? Yes. Like, there, like there's so the many loudest. other people stories and Katie, like to your point is, is he the one that's kept pushing where everybody else has maybe settled or whatever? You know, is that a different thing? I mean, there, he's just it's relentless. an uncomfortable moment, but after the Super Bowl win, you know, like he he's basically yelling. I, I saw it as him yelling at his father. Like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to be like you. Was, yeah. I'm never I'm not going to work in a factory for 40 hours a week for my entire life and be unhappy. Um, and, and, well, and, and that's like, uh, you know, I think that's clearly why this m movie's titled American movie. They're trying to like show this, you know, in a funny fashion, like this depressed community and someone just following their dreams, I guess. And like the, the way I came away from this documentary, I, I felt like I didn't get it. 
So I had to like look up some reviews to try and like understand why this is so highly rated because it's got rave reviews across the board. I mean, yeah, I agreed. It won the Sundance Award. That's what like catapulted it to so, notoriety. Yeah, and like one of the reviews I read was like something to the effect of like, we see all these documentaries about how movies got made. We never see the documentaries about the movies that didn't get made. And I think that that was trying to like tie in somewhere to like the failure of all these people in this community and their depressed lives. And this guy trying to go a different route and also failing. I don't know. Like there's some, I think that was like, to, to what Jim was kind of saying way earlier about like, what is the moral of this documentary, you know? And it's somewhere in there, I think. Yeah. But he, that's, but, that's what he starts off yeah. by saying. He's like, I, I'm a failure for this and I'm not going to be failure again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there is a question to be asked at the end. Like, what does it mean to be a failure? If he finished COVID, even if you watch yeah. it and you're like, holy hell, he still finished COVID. Yeah, I mean, like, he has so a Wikipedia we, page with like a list of movies that he's made. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's like an interesting question, I guess, as well, the takeaway from Well, it, he was right? in commercials like, for Miller Lite, right? Oh, yeah. After this. Know, and he was on David Letterman. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was in other movies as an actor. I mean, he spun this off and hopefully paid off his debt and finally paid his child support. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean... There is something on family be, guy as himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for the fact that which is a question like, you know, how do you measure success? Like to look at him and be like, dude, this you're this or you're that. But he did finish. That. And, and that's that's like where I'm torn sometimes when I watch this at the end. And I, then I would watch what he did. And I'm like, oh, you laugh at it, and whatever. But you sit there and think like this guy was willing. How many people are willing to devote? that much time to something to do it when the reality is what is he really going to get from it yeah i mean maybe in his mind he thought he'd get a lot but i I gave up on porch man (laughs) well you never should have given up on porch man we told you that years ago keenan (laughs) as we keep like talking throughout this episode you know like i I, my opinion's kind of changing gradually here where like i i can totally appreciate a person that just goes for it you know despite the odds or despite background drop you know high school dropout and he just fucking goes for it and he's not afraid of failure you know and he probably doesn't even view like his not making northwestern or whatever with his previous movies not really being successes he probably doesn't view them as failures he probably does view them as accomplishments and really holds them in high regard and i can fucking appreciate that about a person yeah and i I, I also want to circle back now that we've talked about it for a little bit to the conversation of exploiting people because I didn't get the feeling that that he was actually mean or rude to anybody that he was working with. Like, if you really think about it, like, he was aggressive and the way he was going about doing certain things might rub people the wrong way, but, like, this is not at all like a yelling at people on set situation. Oh no, this, this right. is like, absolutely true, Jim. And so like I, and to a certain extent, I wouldn't say that he's exploiting even Mike, because like I you know, I, I think he Mike shows enough in this movie that he can make his mind up on his own on what he mm-hmm. wants to like share with Mark and what's off limits. And I love and there's a sweetness there that I think is actually mm-hmm. genuine in the end when he's talking about being 
in a bad headspace and Mike coming over and making him happy that is pretty genuine. I, yeah. I, I got the feeling that they're that they are actually like a good pair. Yeah. And not like one guy leading yeah, granted, yes, Mark has this like crazy boisterous attitude and and Mark and um what's his name? Mike. Mike is more subdued and and mentally <laughs> challenged at this point. But I do think that they both benefit from that relationship. I guess I guess I got a little weary though when when Mark is putting through Uncle Bill through those like thirty takes of just oh my saying God. like a few uh, lines and it's just so why obvious not just, he can't fucking get yeah. it. Like by the way, to Keenan's point, the movie, which was ac- to Keenan's point, which was excellent, he can't write. It was an awful written line. It was a terribly yeah, was. written line. But there, but there was, was a weird. There is something about Uncle Bill, man, that the, I mean, yes, he's certainly I mean, he, he was he was in his last months of life. Um, it seems like there is a little bit of senility happening there, but he would have these moments of like weird wisdom. Yeah. Right. I mean, like mm-hmm. the, the way that the film ends, like his, his he's kind of like rambling, but also there and his brother says like he he was the scholar of the family. Like yeah. there, there is something there with Uncle Bill. Um, I'm, well, I'm glad that like this might be all that uh, that this is the Uncle Bill legacy, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. like Uncle Bill yeah. is now famous because of this movie. Yeah. And well, the other, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the other thing that intrigues me about this, and then I, I like I had recently watched another documentary that's on Amazon Prime called Jasper Mall. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's about like malls in America in the Midwest, and it's similar. Which is, I think, often being on the East Coast, we get caught up in not understanding. Like, like to the, to me, this almost felt like a foreign world that you're looking at, and it's much more common. Maybe oh. in some aspects, this world is very familiar to me. Yeah. Very close. This, this but, world felt just like home to me. But, but that's my point. Like, and yeah. I, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in seeing in cinema and TV these worlds that are not like this. And, and yeah. sometimes, like, I don't want to say refreshing to me, but I, I think I almost need to watch these types of things. To us, it seems crazy. I'm not sure how far. Like, he's obviously. Mark's an example of somebody who's, I think, pushing the limits. But everything else around there, I think, is something that you see in a lot of places in America. And I, we forget about that sometimes. I also want to point out that the the music throughout the film is Mike. Yes. And mm-hmm. so... Oh, again, my God. Him like blindfolded playing guitar made me <laughs> laugh my ass That's a funny moment. But, I mean, the, it's... Be- like, he is, Jim, that's is not a how you skilled play. It is. He's guitarist. much better guitar player than I am. Yeah. Like, he, he but plays beautifully. It's hilarious. I love the fact that he has scored the movie, the documentary, with an acoustic guitar playing, like, not only like Metallica and whatever covers, but the, the, most of it's like random, like Renaissance fair type, like oh, like plinking on the guitar. It's hilarious. Like if 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 you saw Mike dressed as like Friar Talk walking down the street, you're that like, yeah, that so tracks. Perfect. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, I'm just thinking of uh, role models when yes. they did the, the LARP. Good morrow, fine sir. Yeah. <laughs> is, is anybody else surprised? Um, Jim, you brought this up, and I thought it's a great point. Like with like iPhones and all this stuff, I'm surprised 
we're not seeing tons of content from Mark. He strikes me like in the digital no, media, like he, YouTube he would, he and would stuff. Refuse like, that. You think just he can't grasp too that much type of a purist. So yeah. Is he still in Wisconsin? That's what I was looking for. Is like oh. because oh, what I was I thinking what, so. of was you know so many folks who have a semblance of resources um, will make their way to one of the coasts if they if they are you know if they crave making movies they will make their way towards New York or California and hitch their wagon in some kind of a way right like we we you would know of somebody who moved out there ages and ages ago and uh never returned because he you know loved loved the idea of you know film. more than one person we know a few people i know one that's actually very successful and famous in california now. <laughs> for that but um you know if if you can't Tommy. do that if you don't Tommy. have the resources yeah. to do that Right? It's not Donald. Which, <laughs> he does not. He does not have the resources to do that, and he has children in Wisconsin. I, but my, I guess it's, that's just I'm an just, interesting thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. No, I do, and I just, I just, it's so interesting to me that like so much of this was about his passion. Like in 2021, you would just think he would be have, be constantly pushing stuff out. That's what's like intriguing to me. And I guess Kenny, you're probably right. It's just too much of a purist. But like, he strikes me yeah. as a guy who would be like, Hey dude, I can make Coven four right now and I can shoot it on an iPad. That's going to cost me. I, I'm, I'm genuinely when I like after this last rewatch was kind of surprised when I went back and looked at it and said, like, I would have thought this was a guy who would have been putting stuff out all the t- just like that? Who's going to be constantly making movies, and doing things? And as it became his brain's cheaper, practically manic. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, yeah. I thought he would be a guy who would have like a YouTube channel, and every month there'd be like some other kind of movie coming out. Yeah, because he needs like the catharsis to get all these thoughts out into See, a medium I, of some kind. I also get the feeling from this documentary, like. He's not the person that would be able to do every week come out with content. He would be the person that's like, oh, I got this new YouTube channel. It's awesome. I'm going to do movie reviews every week. I'm going to come out with a new movie that you need to watch. He'll do two episodes and then nothing. That's probably, Keenan, that's probably a great point. That's the kind of guy he is. I mean, just, I. So he's George R.R. Martin. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about this a while back, like like Jim Jim was bringing up like when when he said that that Moroccan line and like even the opening of the thing, he's like, I was a failure before. This is the kind of guy that throughout this documentary, he has like three or four epiphanies, like where he's like, this this is it. My life has changed. I'm never going to do this again. Next scene, he's just chugging a beer and back to normal, like eating a turkey leg in the basement. Yes. Oh my <laughs> like, god! You know, oh my god! I can't believe they left that stuff. Right. In. So he has no follow through. Uh, right. Right. Exactly. What struck me was that the final footage. So you know, the original footage that they have of him as like a teenager. The those those Fucking shots. Crack. It gives you it gives you a lot of perspective. One yeah. on how long he's been committed to this. But two, this, the shots of him like delivering papers as a teenager and that, you know, 10 years later, still he is it. still delivering. Well, that's the thing about papers. moving to the coast would be follow through, right? Like that's that's yeah, that's a pretty big follow through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, this movie has just been added to the Criterion Channel collection um so feel free Free trial uh, two weeks yeah everybody should watch this this is i think i watch it i I would be i'd be genuinely because for both keenan and tim this was the first time 
seeing mm-hmm. it. And I know for him and Katie in a long time as well. If you if you do revisit it, what your thoughts might be some point later, you know, going through the experience another time and seeing where it goes. And Keenan, I apologize if I told you to shut up. You know <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it was me. You know I don't want you to shut up. You can invite <laughs> me on your show and just yell at me for <laughs> Um, all right. So I, I think this is a fairly simple question. Really not the worst movie we, that we have seen this year. Katie and Jim, can we agree oh, on that? Agreed. Certainly. And it's certainly not the best. No. Okay. I, so I we follow can along with most of your episodes and yeah, there's no way you could put this at the bottom of the barrel. No, no, we've watched I think this is, I, films. <laughs> I think this is just a, a good middle of the road. You know, one of the things I like about it, not long. Mm-hmm. No, it's in and out of there fast. And again, if you can find I don't I have to check the criterion. It just went on today. I don't know if they have Coven attached to it. The DVD has Coven. And I will say that I'm sure you can find it out there. It is absolutely worth checking out that because that could be a separate episode. Even I talking <laughs> about that movie. I gave a C plus. I feel like through talking about it, I would go up to a, a solid B. Oh, wow. Oh, we changed your mind. There we go. Well, I'll change it for you. Then, Tim, you? I always come into these episodes like open-minded, <laughs> even when Keenan and I talk about movies, you know? Can I give one more quote before we move on yes, to please. five questions? Please. Yes, please. This is when Mark is talking to his someone that's helping him with the production of Northwestern, and this is literally right before they decide to not move forward with the production of Northwestern. He says, there's no excuses, Paul. No one has ever, ever paid admission to see an excuse. No one has ever faced a black screen that says, well, if we had this set of circumstances, we would have shot this scene. So please forgive us and use your imagination. I've been to the movies a hundred times. That's never occurred. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's actually funny too. They're like on a level that is is so good. The one point that I was really disappointed in him, where I was like, "I, I wanted more. He he get, he finishes Coven. He is he stays up late. Coven, uh, he stays up late, <laughs> hasn't slept, finishes it. He has a line of people who actually come to see his movie, who apparently pay admission yes, to see his film. Li- yeah. And that moment after the movie finishes, where he can stand on stage and like sell it, and he like. But that's not, yeah, that's he not. Sleeps. I don't think that's him. I don't yeah. think he can't, can do that. He just wanted to make the movie. Can't do the yeah. thing. Can't agree more, though. Like, it looked like a, a raving success. Yeah. yeah and then it just, like, so fizzled out him. so quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like thank you. all you have to do, that's it. I've just stand it. there and say thank you. Success. That's probably why. Just say thank you. Thank you for I, coming. This, this movie has inspired me to make a t-shirt that just says umlaut on it, though. Or And have Robert Richard George's face. Is that like a double O? Oh my God! I'm yeah, sorry. With, I could go um, on about Robert this Richard film. Jordan with his I love when he gives Uncle head. Bill the Manila envelope or the, the oh, stack of, the of papers of the wi- oh, the woman yes. in yes. the bathing suit. Oh, this, look at that! She woman. wants to make your movie. She wants to, she wants to be in your movie, Bill. In your movie, Bill. There is some genuine. Fun. Or how about uh, when they're doing the photo shoot? Oh my <laughs> God! The and the guy. How tight are you on her? Are you in there? Robert Richard George in the in the scarf. I'll take off the scarf. You, you raised your eyebrow. Shouldn't I have? <laughs> like that guy. 
Well, doesn't Mike have to give some explanation as to why a bunch of flyers got torn down? Oh, oh that was oh hilarious too. The old newspaper. They put them. Also. They put them in one of those newspaper dispensers with God. with the rest of the old newspapers. They, came and they got thrown away. Newspapers. <laughs> this is, Guys, this that is, makes no sense. Do you know what this is? This is a live action film version of the Island of the Misfit Toys well, from I, Rudolph the uh -huh. Red-Nosed Reindeer. I do wonder though if like something like this was like i would love to know if people who ended up going on to make the office and things like that had seen this or like oh, had been I'm influenced sure by this documentary yeah obviously christopher guest had been doing that kind of stuff for years but yeah i don't know all right um check it out you can find it i got it from the library plug for the library system always a great place to get films um, you mean the library yeah library, library. We're library. in Delco, Brian. We call it the library. Mayor of East Town would say library. Yeah. Or, of course. You smacked ass. Get the Criterion <laughs> channel. Uh, Alright. Borrow your phone to call yeah. my home. Time for <laughs> bottle five of water. questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! Make some man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck? I did want to tell Keenan something. Keenan. This is like a free music, you know, bed that you can like buy an editor. And Brian can... really doesn't appreciate when you talk over it, Jim. I know he doesn't, but I heard it on a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, I understand why we use the free music bed. Yeah. <laughs> Not understanding why the commercial is using the free music bed. All right. Five questions for Tim and Keenan this week. Um, we talked about the fantastic beverage, a.k.a. known as uh, peppermint schnapps. Uh, are you thumbs up or thumbs down? I should probably... This a little bit on any form of schnapps because maybe you haven't had schnapps before. So, so are we talking about peppermint schnapps mixed with Sprite? Yes, because <laughs> like, you need to sweeten, you need to sweeten why that am up. I'm not surprised you've actually had peppermint uh, schnapps. Uh, Rumple yeah, mints so is basically here's, here's peppermint schnapps. Jim likes Goldschlager. Kind of flat like out. No, schnapps. I do not. I know. I was kidding. Schnapps as a drink, no, but like uh, I've done like fruit salads and put like peach schnapps in like a fruit snap oh, salad. We love some peach like, schnapps. Peach schnapps no, is the don't shit, dude. Do. Don't. Yeah. yeah, that don't. don't that. But yeah. peppermint schnapps or just doing a shot yeah. of schnapps, thumbs down. For I don't me. like okay. a minty drink. Rumplemints yeah. is is the no. At one point, oh, no, Tim, he's the bartender. Oh, he's got to speak. Yeah, Tim is in. That's why I had to jump in first. Mm -hmm. Jim already kind of stole my thunder. So your bottom of the barrel Jack wins peppermint <laughs> Jack schnapps <laughs> is for your fucking eighty-year-old grandmother. <laughs> Rumplemints, I actually shoot from time okay. to time wow. because it's it's higher okay. octane, so it gets you fucked up, and it's like it's if like it's ice wash. if it's ice cold. That's Yes, of course. Hey, listen, if you're hanging uh, out in Wisconsin and the Packers are playing, you're going to do some shots of Rumble Mints. Tim, get let's go. Ice cold, uh, some of that. I go with the Black Kenan's House wedding reception, and we'll get things going. <laughs> and I do not recommend that. Like, uh, hey, it was actually there will lucky be an enough, open bar. I was lucky enough uh, when I was visiting Austria. I led some high school trips to Europe. I had uh, homemade schnapps in Austria. Somebody made in their bathtub. It was plum schnapps. And you didn't go blind. And you made fun of me for talking about bathtub beverages. That is a thing. Not even well, just in the scoop. Well, I think he means distilled. Yes. What do you mean? You make drinks in your bathtub. It's a large they vat. They weren't dumping the booze into the bath. You said we did that in college. Eh, college, high school, it all blends together. We didn't do all right, here we go. I, I changed question two here because honestly, nobody wants to hang out with Mark. Here's my question. Would you rather hang out with Robert, Richard, George, or Mike? Ooh. 
Which one would you rather hang out with? Is oh. Robert Richard? Who is he? He's the serious actor. The, guy with the beard. Very serious. He is a, he, I, the, his acting scenes are my favorite. The Everything seance. about him is the amazing. screaming. Oh, you need screamer. to see. You need to see Coven just for his performance because it is Oscar. I am so sorry, but the moment where Mike unleashes his scream. And you get to see Mark's reaction. Jim was sorry. He's like, he was almost brought to tears. Mark by that. was almost brought was... to tears, and he was like, "That was wicked, man." What? I mean, that's, that's where you saw their friendship. Like, there was true appreciation. It's like you, you went down to the depths of your it soul and beautiful. released that scream for my movie. It was it's so touched. beautiful. Mark was actually touched by that scream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, for me, carry it's on. Still, Mike, I, I want to hang out with Mike. I want to know a story. I want to know. Do some uh, I don't want to hear any the, other drug stories because that was the saddest part of this whole movie. <laughs> yes. That was really depressing, actually. I, I would agree with that. I'm I'm with Keenan though. I'm still with Mike. You know, because I I love hanging out with musicians. Uh, they, you know, yeah, he might tell a bad drug story, but then you can be like, hey, Mike, can we play the guitar again? <laughs> yeah. Robert Richard George is just going to try to impress you with the like sea level oh, celebrities I, that he has met in Wisconsin mm -hmm. and the, his How various stage performances. Be. Yeah. He's, he Martha seems like a Stewart. guy who should have. <laughs> Did I tell you I wrote the plot to Cats and Dogs? <laughs> Can I show you my movie about a snake Shh, puppet? Stop. <laughs> stop it right now. They're listening. Uh, they would Don't, love better that. cut that out. Oh my God. Jesus. You're going to get me in trouble. Uh, <sighs> fill in the blank question. What is your one word review of the footage of Coven? The footage we first. see in the, in the documentary. Yes, in the film. In the okay. film, yes. Because you haven't seen the film. So just I, what they, they clips they give you. I actually, uh, one word, sorry. Intriguing. I was intrigued. Like I was actually like, oh, I kind of want to watch this now. <laughs> you need to find it, watch it. I'm especially because you. like all along they they were teasing some of the shots. Yeah, and then yeah. you got like a little more uh, detail, especially the guy going through the goddamn kitchen cabinet oh, door. You have to see that scene. It's it's you. I really would recommend people find this. I'm sure you can find it. Somewhere okay, I want I want Keenan's word, and then and then I have a question. Mine was surprising. Like I expected to be a complete train wreck. And what we saw, actually, I was like, oh, that looks not bad. No, they did take the best moments. Okay. okay. So without having seen the movie, just putting together the pieces from the clips that are in this film, um, is it that Mark plays a writer who is battling some demons, real Alcoholism. and imagined? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yes. Um, and is that the, his father? No, the who is, it's the is, group, but they're not helpful. No. <laughs> so who is the man he fights with in the kitchen the actor who's oh, yeah. supposed to be his know. best friend who his best half, friend who, who in like literally 75 percent of the movie has a full beard and then all of a sudden they just cut to another scene and he's shaved i have to be honest i was wondering about that brian i was wondering about that no, i was like shaved. they've been filming this over the course of three years yes. what are the well, odds that these point, people have the same hair at one point he has a mustache at one yep. point he's cleanly shaven at one point he has a full beard in the film. I that mean, does not surprise me. Over three love years, that I mean, does not surprise happens. me. Yep. Uh, our favorite. It's our like favorite boyhood. Yeah, I love it. it. Is, <laughs> except with no explanation of time changing. Uh, I it's love all it. It's happened in a week, I think. Uh, here's our favorite question, guys. What's your favorite documentary? Do you have a favorite documentary? You can go first. So I actually do because I, I. This one was a little tough because there's been a bunch of documentaries I've enjoyed and I've liked, but I think a lot of them don't have rewatchability. 
like going clear. I loved it the first time I watched it. And then like uh, my ex wanted to watch it and we watched it together. I was like, Ooh, this is really makes you feel dirty watching it a second time. Uh, but the one documentary I, I really do love and I've watched it numerous times and I feel good every time I watch it is Waking Sleeping Beauty, which is on Disney Plus. It is an awesome one. Yeah, I want to challenge Keenan in the year to come to maybe start to grade film and documentary and all things media, not on how rewatchable they are, <laughs> but how actually good they are, because it's a totally different thing. So we like maybe come up with two grades. Before, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You like don't because I don't think documentaries as a style in general that is something that you're uplifting, like uplifting usually. True, yeah, no, yeah. but not even just uplifting, just like rewatchable. It, it's not rewatchable yeah. because it, they're usually they're usually like entertaining, but not in a way that's like oh, I want to be entertained in that specific way again. Well, and we yeah. also know we would like not to judge films based on the backstory going into why he was watching. We've <laughs> yeah. had that discussion with him. Wait, which is Waking <laughs> Sleeping Beauty for the, folks that don't know? That's, like, I was going to say that's about the uh, it's all from home footage filmed at uh, Disney Inc. and Paint and it seriously takes place right as they came in and started doing Little Mermaid. It goes all through Little Mermaid all the way up to Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. But he's also burying the lead that it's it's starts. It actually starts with the movie that kind of put Disney in the dirt. What was that movie? Uh, Black Cauldron. Song of the Cauldron. South. Black uh, Cauldron. Yeah. I got it. I got it right over here. So Which it is starts not with a bad that. movie. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. But, but then, yes, yeah. yeah, so then it's the rise of like what Katzenberg coming in yep. and yeah. uh, okay. Laster. And, and then, and then who was the, uh, there's an Disney plus actually sneakily has some amazing documentary because there's another one that I even thinks better than that one, which is the guy who wrote the music um, mm-hmm. for Little Mermaid and stuff. He no, passed that's, that's away the same from one. Isn't that different? That's, one? No, it's the same exact one because they they shift from that from no 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 Keenan. There's two because they took some footage that overlaps from it. Oh really? And he has his own documentary. Okay. Even Alan better than yes, it's yeah. even better than Waking Sleep. Have oh, you wow. watched My Octopus Teacher? It's Timmy's turn. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not so answering I, the question. I, no, I know. I just I, wanted to know. I haven't seen it either. I was just asking. I have not seen that. Uh, but I, I actually made a list, and that's why I told Keenan to go first because I had a feeling he'd name a couple on my list. Go, going clear, like that, that yes, I, I'm sure. Like now, you can't rewatch it, or not, you can't. But it's like it's not as eye opening because there's been so much more to come right. out about Scientology, especially Leah Remini. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything she's put out into the media world is like even more eye opening. So now when you go back and watch going clear, it's like, okay, well, like it's 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 corroborated now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But it's still like that just blew my mind. Um, But no, I think, I think maybe it's recency bias, but uh, 13th on Netflix and that won awards. That was another eye opening documentary to me about how the prison system is basically slave labor legal slave labor and i'm like oh okay yeah u.s still really shitty <laughs> i agree with you i think that i think that was the best the the best the most artistically done and most powerful documentary i've ever seen and Ooh, i had a, a, a great plug watch um reconstruction which pbs did which was a three episode series which is a fabulous documentary as well you well i gotta throw a couple more names out there uh joe Dorowski's or however you say his name yeah his dune. dune 
like yeah. speaking oh, yeah. of movies that never got made documentaries that's fucking fascinating yes. and then keenan you were the one i think it was you it was either you or sam told me about lost soul the making of uh yeah island no, of dr me. moreau that was, yeah, that's yes. me yeah it's I a fucking batshit do they, do they have ron perlman awesome. on there talking about this at all like ron perlman talking about working with <laughs> marlon brando is one of the greatest <laughs> stories i've ever heard because <laughs> he doesn't realize that like he, Marlon Brando doesn't realize that his character is supposed to be that Ron Perlman's character is supposed to be blind and so he's like he's like halfway through the day he's like you guys shit your eyes <laughs> like, you have to listen to the story he tells it on, on WTF with Mark Maron it is fucking hilarious uh, might I add uh, Lost the, Souls the, though that is that, the, I, oof, that if you've great. never seen if you love film watch De Palma which is the De Palma documentary and the Steven Spielberg one which HBO made which it would be weird if De Palma was about Spielberg well it's just De Palma <laughs> actually they're in each other's documentaries though um, alright finally deep thoughts question if you could make a film what type of film are you making? I mean, Keenan, we know what your film. Man. It's yeah. Porchman. You're. Yeah. <laughs> what what genre would that be, Keenan? Yeah, what genre is that? Uh, horror comedy. I do think. Keenan, How helpful is do... the group in your movie? Are they helpful? <laughs> I do think not we should helpful. do a reading you know, of your group. The group is they're not that helpful. We, helpful. <laughs> we should do a reading of that. I don't understand why we haven't produced you know an audio. We started doing a special like. Yeah, and we canceled <laughs> we it. Nobody watched. Nothing after that. Yeah, nothing. Nobody watched. Uh, Tim, what oh, would okay. your movie be? I, my genre of choice to watch is sci-fi, so I was like leaning towards that, but like. If if I'm in Mark's shoes and I have no money to make a fucking movie, it can't be sci-fi because uh, that costs money. Um, oh. I'm not. I feel like horror is a good in to low budget movies, but I'm not a horror fan. So I was like, well, what else is probably like low budget to make easy to do? I would make a biopic. I would make a biopic and it would be about my fucking dad because he's a weird venture <laughs> cat. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. With love a ton it. of his Vietnam stories. Uh, great. so good all right that's five questions Does anybody have recommendations anything we should be watching listening to uh reading any of that stuff anybody have anything that uh, loki's just... been great so far yeah loki's been I'm going to finish uh in the last two episodes new yeah. ones, as soon as we're done katie any uh other podcasts that you've been listening to instead of ours oh not all only the ones that i've uh i've already said oh um we Can Do Hard Things is Glennon Doyle's podcast and uh, her wife, Abby Wambach, apparently or uh, occasionally joins and mm -hmm. they are a delight. Oh, I love them. And yeah, Dax says uh, Obama oh, Dax, on this yep. week. Arm so they, they've moved strictly to Spotify, too. Yeah, saw that. Uh, uh, Keenan, where the money's at. Mm -hmm. Amy Wambach, she Abby. kicks a soccer ball for Abby. Yep. Sorry, Not Amy. Abby. <laughs> She, you know what a soccer to. ball is, Keith. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, she is arguably the best kicker of the soccer balls <laughs> um, ever. I, I do. I uh, I would recommend it. It's a little old now, but Newcomers is great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very good. Oh, that's uh, the, where they're watching uh, Star yeah. Wars, right? It's uh, yeah. Well, it started off Star Wars, and then you they went like on to Lord of the Rings. It's, so explain it to Katie. Cause, yeah. So it's uh, Lauren Lapkus and, um, oh crap, what's her name? From Nailed It. From uh, Nailed It, yeah. Um, Nicole Byler? I, Nicole Byler. Nicole Byler, yes. Yeah. And so basically it starts off because they had never seen Star Wars, and everyone kept on saying, like, you need to see Star Wars. And they were like, 
nah. so they finally watched it and did a podcast about it like with their actual reactions through it and interviewing it people funny. it's oh i'm it, in on that yeah, yeah i would love that keenan so after the first season of star wars then they do all the lord of the rings <laughs> Keenan, are you still waiting for our next Lord of the Rings movie to explain? Because when we did our first yes. Lord of the Rings movie, you were like needed to listen to it because you felt you didn't understand what was happening. And yes, I've been waiting, waiting for, for you guys to do two towers <laughs> years. It's coming up in September. So don't worry. OK. Yeah. All right. It's like a uh, Mark. And, uh, and I'm waiting for it's more like, Harry Potter. How do you not understand what's happening in that movie? They literally say it. They literally shit, say shit, what's shit, happening. Shit, shit. I just still don't get what the fuck the ring does. Other uh, recommendations? Ring? Tim, Tim, family anything? films. Family films. Luca. And oh, watch it tomorrow. Mitchell's we'll versus Machines. Mitchell's versus Love Machines that. is amazing. Oh, machines is awesome. That's like Jordan Jordan. We should Miller. I can say Cat the Wife Miller's vouches for Raya the Last. Oh, that's oh, great too. So yeah. good. Fantastic movie. Mitchell's um, is up there though. You guys should watch Mitchell's, even if you're um, not a. Anything else, Tim? For ten you? year old. Uh, I finally watched Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh yeah, I need to watch that. Very, very cool. Like it, it, the entire thing takes place in this just one room, and it's almost like he just made a bunch of music videos and strung them together, and it, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. See him in Promising Young Woman, of course. In eighth grade, um, I would like to commend Mike Birbiglia's comedy <laughs> on that. Right? Have mainly, you seen mainly because the new one? Yeah, no, I need to watch it. Also, though, mainly because I might be going to see him in August. Uh -huh. uh, so Lethal Weapon, which I rewatched on Netflix <laughs> after years, and it's batshit and it's crazy and it doesn't make any sense in modern time period, but it was worth every I moment of watching love it. love Danny Glover. Oh, it was so it. good. I remember uh, Mel, Brook, Mel, Mel Brooks. Mel, Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would have been so I awesome. Mean, Mel Gibson running for an extremely oh, yeah, a lot. inappropriate Sometimes, amount of time at one point to catch somebody. Bare feet and then he has shoes somehow. Barefoot. Barefoot with an unopened up button. Yeah, it was amazing. The hair. Definitely. That could be a future. Has that been a pop adult series with Doom? Lethal Weapons? No, we did talk about doing a possible for Doom Addle. That was okay. That might that might be a good one for you guys. And my criterion choice this week, going back a couple weeks with the Barrios, is Bottle Rocket. After doing our Royal Tenenbaums, I went and watched the Criterion version with all the extras on Bottle Rocket. Highly recommend it. It is, if you have not seen it, uh, it's just awesome. Um, and is that, it is actually that with both the both, Wilson brothers? Both. And actually, it's interesting because it's more Luke Wilson in the lead role as opposed to Owen. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess they're co-leads, and we had kind of talked about that on our Royal Tenenbaum episode. Um, make sure, of course, that you listen to Battled, uh, Always different, interesting topics from week to week. I loved what you guys have been up to recently. Uh, takeover series when the other uh, one of our other favorite podcasts came in. What else have you had? You guys have in store for us upcoming? Anything you need to know about Black Widow? Mm -hmm. Oh yes, Black Widow. Now, we're in, in cahoots with Doom Thugs, the the podcast you were just referencing. We're we just did RoboCop 2, so we will be doing RoboCop 3 at some point. Oh, gosh. Oh, I know. Boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that a selling point? Uh, <laughs> Mike's really funny. 
So <laughs> yeah, he will probably be very funny he in destroying funny. that movie. <laughs> now, hold on. Qu- quick question for Black Widow. Are you going to see it? Go to the theater to actually see it? Or are you doing Disney Mall access for it? I'm definitely going to the theater. Yeah, I'm okay. seeing it in Perfect. theater. Wonderful. I got IMAX tickets. All right. Well, we will definitely see you guys soon. What we'll you on? Keenan, we'll have you on for something that we belittle you for 45 minutes about. <laughs> Listen, we, I'm going to give Keenan we'll a compliment before we leave. Night. We're going to go see like a 24 film you beat and talk on, You beat on Keenan. Keenan, your skin looks luminous. Oh, is that you. just the lighting or He's never, lighting. is that the happiness? It, it he works both. about three it hours a week. The reason I, te- I tease Keenan is his hair is Look so much better than mine. Looks. And all his He's stuff he has in the Keenan. back of the room, I got, I got the You know all how I feel toys. about Timmy's voice, but I have yeah. not been able to take my eyes off of you tonight. Listen, <laughs> you look and I'm so just handsome. You're very well lit. collection in the background, which is yeah, actually extremely high end. And I am jealous. Oh, no, no, Brian. Brian's jealous. Keenan's. Room situation. Jim is, Jim is not jealous, yeah. uh, to be clear. There's not um, one guitar back there, Keenan. Uh, <laughs> um, Put your saxophone no, in that white space. Just one saxophone. <laughs> oh, that's downstairs with the piano. Sometimes, actually, Keenan, could you play a saxophone intro oh. to Katie's Rundown for us? Record it and send it. <laughs> Keenan, I'm bringing my guitar to your house next time we have a little. Next time you have people if you have people over and i'm invited i'm bringing my guitar and no you better learn either. the riff from baker street because we are performing uh, it <laughs> all right <laughs> uh all right we gotta go we'll see everybody soon bye. Bye. Thanks, bye bye everybody <laughs>